Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. Keeping the Lord's commands keeps the Lord close. So let's begin. We're going to break this down uh, by certain sections, and we're going to begin in verses 1 through 4 of Psalm 119. And here we're going to see a heart moment, a heart moment. This is what the psalmist writes beginning in verse 1. How happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. Happy are those who keep his decrees and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have commanded that your precepts be diligently kept. So here the author speaks to something that we have a desire for, right? The author begins with something that we seek in our life, something that we desire in our life, and he begins with happiness. And in a lot of ways, we all search for what's going to make us happy. But when we drill down this term, if we double-click on it for a minute, when we, when we get to the heart of it, this term in, in the original language, it's actually the term used for blessed. So it's not based upon emotion, this term. It's not based upon getting our way. It's, it's not based upon things of that nature. No, it's based upon experiencing a blessing from God. So the author is describing that one is happy because they are blessed. One, one, one experiences this contentment and this happiness and this joy in their life because they are blessed, and they are blessed by knowing the Lord through His commandments. And the reason that they are blessed is that they are, they are blameless. They have, have gone down the path of righteousness that David writes about in Psalm 23. The, the path of righteousness for the Lord's namesake, as David writes. They have walked that path, and they have diligently, diligently kept the Lord's commands, and they have been blessed, and also they have been blameless. Remember this. Remember, happy is temporal, blessed is eternal. Happy is temporal, blessed is eternal. Happy can happen in the moment and, and be gone in the next second. Being blessed by the God of all creation that knows your name is something that lasts forever. And so this is what the psalmist is getting at. This is the heart of the matter. The psalmist is getting at this heart moment. This heart moment where knowing the Lord and seeking the Lord through his precepts, through his word, through his instructions, following his commandments, following that path of righteousness that he calls every believer to, and seeking that, that blameless route, that's where being blessed, and that's where that joy comes in to play in our life. We all seek that. We, we are all seeking that in some form or fashion, and when we turn to God's word, we see that that doesn't happen apart from him. That the things of this world that are fading away, they can never feel that desire that we all have. Blameless, that term blameless, it carries the, the sense of free from guilt. Free from guilt. So, so he says here, how happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. When you're walking according to the Lord's instruction, it, the idea here is, no, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. But it does mean that there is a closeness to the Lord where you are blessed and drawing close to him. And that you are free from guilt. Have you ever had that guilt in your life? 
you ever had that heaviness of guilt in your life weighing upon you? You know, guilt is a, is a heavy backpack to carry, isn't it? As we journey through life and, and deal with guilt, guilt is a heavy backpack to carry. But it doesn't have to be that way. The, the psalmist, in the longest chapter of all of Scripture, he begins and he says here, Happy are those whose way are blameless, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. He uses that term walk in that first verse. So often throughout the Scriptures and so often through the Psalms, we see this term walk and Walk really, when we, when we get to the heart of that term, it talks about and really means a way of living life. A way of going about life. It, it's why we say things, one's walk with Christ. Or one's walk with the Lord. We've said that over and over again. And, we, and what, we, what we mean by that is a way of life living knowing the Lord and following his instructions. And so on this journey, on this walk, there is happiness to be had, but it comes from what? Knowing and following the Lord's instructions. Not just knowing, but also following, right? Because you can have all the head knowledge and know all the verses, but if they're not being lived out and followed, then you're going to be missing the blessing of knowing the Lord, of having that guilt backpack removed because you've been forgiven and you are experiencing closeness to God because keeping the Lord's commands keeps the Lord close. I love what Pastor Louis Giglio says. He says, you have to plant yourself in the word of God if you want to hear the voice of God. The people who hear God's vo voice best know his word most. The people who hear God's word voice best know his word the most. And this is a heart moment. This is a heart moment when we look at these four verses. That the, the Lord is, is through this passage is given this key instruction. This key instruction of, of following a blameless uh, of following a path of his instruction a blameless way, walking in that blameless way to experience that joy, that happiness to experience a blessing from him. But he also speaks about keeping it. This, this is the idea of continuing in that walk, not just an initial step of the journey, but continuing on and on within that journey. College basketball coach John Chaney recently passed away back in January. He was one of the first African-American coaches in his conference, coached Temple for years. He was famous for his practices, not necessarily just his practices, but the time of the practice. You see, if you committed to go to Temple and play for Coach, Coach John Chaney, there were 5 a.m. practices every single day. Do you think he lost a few recruits? Just a few college kids said, no, I'm gonna, I, I like Temple, but I'm going to go here, right? But he kept that regiment, and he took a small school, a team with, with some core group of, of players, and they became the number one team in the nation in 1988 because he st stuck with the regiment. He stuck with the, the standard of excellence, and it created great results. He kept the way. He kept the path. He kept the standard. And the psalmist is speaking to his listeners. He's speaking to us today from, 
the word of God to teach the precepts and the instructions of the Lord. Because keeping the commands of the Lord keeps the Lord safe. And it's a heart moment. It's a heart moment that we would keep these and that we would seek the Lord. Uh, and, and the author's implication throughout this psalm is that Scripture comes from God himself. We see that in the New Testament. Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is inspired by God alone. And so the psalmist is working with that, that assumption here, that understanding that his implication here is if you keep the Lord's instructions, if you keep the Lord's commands, you will be blessed. That desire that we all have of, of happiness and purpose comes from knowing the Lord and following his blameless commands. He says there, he says, not only keep, but seek him with all their heart. As, as we get through verses 1 through 4, seek him with all their heart. Seeking the Lord is part of the life of a believer. You, you don't take a step and, and begin to walk with the Lord and then seek everything else. You, you don't take that step of faith and begin to walk the journey of a believer in the Lord our God, the Almighty, one true living God, and then begin to seek other things. No, you are seeking the Lord, and you are specifically seeking Him through His Word that He is revealed by the Holy Spirit. And so we seek Him, and we seek Him through the Scriptures. But oftentimes we think, well, I can't understand. Or, or I'm not sure about that. Here's the deal. We can all seek God, every one of us, no matter our age, no matter our level, no matter our education, no matter any of that. We can all seek the Lord through His Word. One proverb a day. If you're not reading the Lord's Word today, I, I invite you to take, mo most months are, are 30 or 31 days. There's 31 proverbs, right? One proverb a day. Maybe join in our family together. We're going through one chapter of the New Testament, Monday through Friday. Five days a week, one chapter. Team Burke, I have to keep encouraging them. You, you should come to the preacher's house. All right, Mark chapter 12 tonight. But just one chapter a day. One chapter a day, and this is what you do before you begin reading. You say, Lord, reveal to me what you would have me to know. You don't have to have full, fully educated in, in theology. You, you don't have to have all the understanding of, of everything, of all the details of, of Bible trivia or something like that. No, you just begin. Just take that first step. Walk with the Lord, seeking Him through His Word. This is what the psalmist is talking about. And it shows us not only the Lord's commands, but guess what it does? It draws us into intimacy with the Lord. Because keeping the Lord's commands keeps us close to the Lord. He says in, in, verses, in verse 3, they do nothing wrong. Well, this, once again, this doesn't mean they're perfect. A better understanding of this is not perfection, but a better understanding is they do nothing fair, not specifically uh, general faults. He's speaking of general faults, not perfection here. And then in verse 4, there's, he says, you have commanded that your precepts be diligently kept. So he's not talking about perfection, but he's just talking about how the Lord commands it. And in the original language in verse 4, the you or the thou, whatever your version says, you have commanded or thou hast commanded. That word you is emphatic. 
he's placing emphasis on. The psalmist places an emphasis saying, you have commanded. The psalmist isn't saying that I'm the author and I'm commanding the rest of y'all to get in line. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, no, the Lord has commanded. And so the life of the believer to walk with the Lord is to seek him and, and to seek him and, and follow his precepts that they were diligently kept. You see, this, this passage, it begins with happiness, but verses 1 through 4, it doesn't hinge on happiness. It hinges on God. So it's a heart moment. It's a heart moment when I look at this and I understand exactly what the author is laying out, that, that, it, that if I'm seeking to be blessed, if I'm seeking this desire of happiness, really I have this all hinges upon knowing and following the Lord. Elsewhere, I'm not going to find that. Elsewhere, if I do find happiness, it's only going to be for a fleeting moment, a fleeting time. But when I follow the Lord and I keep his precepts diligently, I'm going to know him intimately and I'm going to experience being blessed by him and the joy that comes along with following him, walking with him. You see, this, this, this heart moment, it doesn't hinge on our happiness, it hinges on knowing of God. By following him and knowing him, we will experience that desire that we all have. So the psalmist not only speaks of a heart moment, but he also speaks of an if moment. Let's read verses 5 and 6 together as we journey through this passage this morning. Verses 5 and 6, Psalm 119, an if moment. He continues, he says, If only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes, then I would not be ashamed when I think about all your commands. You know, not only do we have moments that we re remember in life, big kind of moments, whether that be graduation, the birth of a child, what I talked about earlier on, but a lot of times we have if moments, don't we? What if I did this? What if I did that? What if I chose to do this? We all have those if moments. And here's a story to show that we have something in common. When I was in college, I started out at community college, Kapai Lincoln Community College. Uh, they said it was the place to be, but I don't know if I bought into that. I was just there. Uh, but part of that was that it was time for summer missions that the BSU helped facilitate. And I can remember looking at some of the, li the list of places where to go and, and, and really began to look at it. And, and one kind of jumped out at me. One stood out to me. And it was a, an, a mission opportunity for the summer to go to San Diego, California to do mission work for that summer. But I didn't follow through with it. it, it looking back, I, it's, I sense that the Lord was impressing that specific position to apply for that position upon my heart. But having not really been anywhere growing up, having not had a lot of experience of, of traveling or being away from home and stuff, a lot of things played into that, as you can imagine, at, at 19 years old, but I never followed through with it. I never even asked a question about it. I certainly didn't go and interview to be considered for that position. And it's become an if moment in my life. If only. What would have I experienced? What would have I learned? What would the Lord have done? The psalmist has that if moment right here, just like you and I. He says in verse 5, if only my ways were committed. 
if only, and he says this with an exclamation point there, right? It's almost like he, he's shouting it. If only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes. If only. And in this if moment, the psalmist pleads and confesses that he hasn't been fully committed. That he's missed the mark, if you will. He says that commitment leads to a certain standing, a standing of being unashamed. We talked about that backpack of guilt earlier. You remember that part? Guilt is a heavy backpack to carry. Shame is like bricks in that heavy backpack. Guilt and shame are really heavy loads to carry, and we struggle with that. But the Lord calls us to lay that backpack down and to turn to Him for mercy and grace and forgiveness. But that's hard for us. And here's why that's hard for us. Why that's hard for you and for me, for everyone listening. You know why that's hard? Because we live in a culture right here that's a faith-based culture. I'm not going to let my guard down. I'm going to answer the question, oh, yeah, everything's just fine. But deep down, we're carrying this backpack full of shame and full of guilt, and we're not going to let anybody know, and we're going to go home, and we're going to isolate, and we're going to self-medicate. We're going to make ourselves feel better by going online and shopping or going on Netflix and binging or going out to eat for two hours at the buffet, whatever it looks like. We're going to isolate. We're going to self-medicate, and we're going to carry around this backpack full of guilt and shame when the Lord has happiness on the other side if we would just commit to him. If by faith we would take that step and walk towards him to seek him by his word and to keep his commands, but we walk around with these if moments instead. If I'd only turn to the Lord. If I'd only trusted the Lord in that relationship. If I would only listen to the Lord and turn away from that relationship. If I would only follow the Lord when he told me to, to lay that down and repent of that. If I'd only trusted the Lord when he showed that verse to me instead of opening my mouth. If only. We all have those if only moments. And the psalmist had the if only moments. And the antidote to our safe faith culture and the backpack we all carry is committing ourselves to seeking the Lord first in our lives. Not seeking the Lord one day a week, not seeking the Lord two days a week, not seeking the Lord when it feels good, not seeking the Lord when we feel comfortable about it, not seeking the Lord when we think we've cleaned ourselves up enough to go to him. No, laying it all down and seeking the Lord through his word and following his commands. And when we reverse this to verses one through four, that's when we experience the happiness of being blessed. Because of who the Lord is. See, this passage, it doesn't hinge on our happiness. It hinges upon God. Because keeping the Lord's commands keeps us close to the Lord. Previous moments, the heart moment and the if moment, they lead us to what the psalmist says in verses 7 through 8. Because in verses 7 through 8, as we wrap up this passage, he speaks about an action moment. An action moment. This is what he says in the last two verses. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. 
never abandon me. Last week was my brother's wedding. <clears throat> Many of you know that uh, I'm the oldest in my family. I have a sister that's five years younger, and my brother is 13 years younger than me. That was an awkward question, uh, a conversation as a seventh grader, by the way. But we've, we got him married and, and sent off last week. But one of the things I talked with them before marriage, one of the things I highlighted last week as I performed their wedding, was that marriage is a covenant, not a contract. The contract says I'm only going to do this, this, and this. And if the contract is broken in some way, I can void the contract and get out of it. God is not a God of contracts, by the way. God is a God of covenants. The covenant says that there is unlimited responsibility on both sides to do whatever it takes to move forward together. And part of that is sacrificial love. Sacrificial love that the husband would love the wife as Christ loved the church. That the wife would, would follow the husband and love him in a respectful manner. And that sacrificial love is part of that covenant. And it's taking that action, that step of action of choosing specifically to love sacrificially that leads to healthy marriages, marriages that honor God, and great marriages that can happen. Well, the psalmist gives us some action steps to walking our faith journey. He provides some action steps. He reflects upon it himself on what he's going to do. But these are action steps that you and I can apply because this is an action moment. We don't just come and talk about a heart moment and an if moment and then just leave. We're going to talk about an action moment so that when we can leave, we can apply this to our daily lives to honor the Lord and seek him through his word. So the psalmist provides some actions at the end of the passage. First, he says, I will praise. I will praise. And the author speaks of praise with what? Praise with an upright heart. Did you know the posture of praise daily in our life can reframe our mindset and our attitude moving through our day? Instead of being closed off and isolated and to ourselves, if our posture of praise is upward, outward, focused upon who God is, his grace in our life, how he's blessed us already, then that moment of praise as your feet hit the floor every single day, not just on Sundays, every single day, that the posture of praise, taking that action step, can make a huge significant difference in our lives, in the life of our family, and in the life of our church. And that's where the psalmist leads us. He says, I, I will praise with an upright heart. Because in that act of praise, what we are doing, we are, rec we, are, we are taking a moment to recognize the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. You know, gratitude is a great way to praise, and it's a great antidote to shame and guilt. And that's the action step. That I will praise with an upright heart. The next action step. He says, I learn. That's what he says in these verses, I learn. And so the author speaks to learning the righteous judgments of God. And he goes back to the precepts and, and, and his word and knowing the commands of his word. He's, that's what he's going to learn here, going to learn. Learning grows 
from the soul of seeking. Learning grows from the soul of seeking. So if we're going to learn, we have to seek the Lord. And we learn from verses 1 through 4 that we seek the Lord through his holy word, through the Bible. And as we seek the Lord, we begin to learn and we begin to grow from that soul of seeking. And there becomes a closeness with God. This is what Pastor Johnny Hunt says. Pastor Johnny Hunt talks about how so many people would come to him, want to know what the Lord's will for their life is. Want to know what the next step they need to do is, where they need to go next. And his advice to them, his counsel to them is this. Focus on intimacy with God. Not the next step. Focus on closeness with God. Not the next post you got to get to. You see, when you know God more, when you're closely walking with the Lord, the more His will will be illuminated. If we feel like we're walking through life and wanting to know God's will, and we've got a flashlight and it's kind of dark and we don't know what God's will for us is next, and there's no batteries in the mag light that we have, you know what those batteries are? Batteries begin with seeking the Lord through His Word, trusting in Him. And that intimacy is what's going to illuminate that flashlight so that we know where to go. Because He is good, He is faithful, He wants to bless us, but we must seek Him. And learning grows from the soul of seeking. Finally, He says, I will keep. As we wrap up in these verses, He says, I will keep. Keep is an action step. The term keep here in the original language means conform. You catch that? Conform. So the psalmist is, is not saying, let's talk about what he's not saying. He's not saying that I'm going to keep your commands and use them the way I want to use them. The psalmist is not saying I'm going to keep your commands and then I'm going to go about doing my own plan not what he's saying. The psalmist is saying, God, I'm going to keep your commands so that I'll be grafted into your will. Because your will is greater than mine. It's about to get springtime and most of us will get out in the yard doing some yard work, right? And we'll be chopping and raking and doing all that stuff. I hate doing all that stuff. But anyway, we'll get out and we'll do it anyway, all right? And a few years ago, I was chopping back these shrubs at my house. Shrubs had overgrown, and I'm sitting there chopping and chopping, shoulder popping out. Got to take some Advil when I get some water, all that kind of stuff, right? So I'm chopping and chopping. And then there's this vine. So it's not only that I have to chop the shrub, I got to deal with the vine that's growing up, right? Am I, can I get a witness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, this means yes. All right, okay. So not only have I chopped back all these limbs and leaves everywhere and I got to rake all them and get on you know get get everything in, in the wheelbarrow and bagged up and all that kind of stuff there's this vine growing out from the ground y'all know that vine I'm talking about little prickly vine you better have some gloves on when you when you reach for it and it had wrapped itself all the way around that shrub so there I am yanking on it pulling on it cutting at it here's what I noticed on the trunk of that shrub 
that vine had wrapped so tight all those years around the trunk of that tree. When I began to unravel it, there was a mark in the trunk from that vine. It had grafted itself into the trunk of that tree. So friend, when you do yard work this year, because it's coming, you remember this moment. Because when we keep the Lord's commands, we're grafted into his will. We're grafted into his will. And we conform. We conform into him. And that's why Paul writes this in Romans chapter 12. Famous verses. Verses 1 through 2. I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Friend, you are meant for so much more than to conform to this world. You and your family, you're meant for so much more than what this world has to offer. You are meant for the blessing of God Almighty in your life. And when you follow his path and when you walk that path and you keep those blameless precepts that are written in his word and when you learn from his word, you are grafted into the story of eternity for his glory and for his name. That is what we're meant for. And that is what we should be seeking to conform into. We should seek to conform into our heavenly father's will to be transformed for his glory. For all of eternity. And when we circle back around, that's where happiness resides. Happiness resides at the corner of grace and mercy. Because at the corner of grace and mercy, the name of Jesus is lifted high. And we can take the backpack of shame and guilt and leave it at the store. And walk into his presence. Because friend, keeping the Lord's commands keeps the Lord's presence. And that's what I want for you. I want you grafted into that story. I want you not conformed to this world, but transformed by the grace of the living God. I want you to know his ways. I want you to follow his ways. I want you to experience intimacy with him. I want you to be encouraged today because you know that you are meant for more than what this world has to offer. I want you to walk out of here not saying, well, it was good to be at church. I want you to walk out of here saying, what a great God we serve. And I want you to know he knows your name. And if you're listening today, I want you to know he knows that shame and that guilt that you've been carrying around, maybe for years, even decades. And at the corner of grace and mercy, where the name of Jesus is lifted high, you can lay that down and you can walk into his mercy, his grace, his kindness, his forgiveness, and be transformed for all of eternity. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you today and we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you didn't uh, leave us, you didn't set us aside, even though we're sinful that you've spoken through your word and you're revealing yourself to us and you have so much for us. And Lord, this comes to a time where maybe some action steps need to take place for those here in the audience on campus, those watching online. Maybe today someone needs to, to take a step of faith. So if you're here 
in the audience today and, and God has spoken to your heart and, and you need to take a step of faith, whatever that looks like, I want you to, to stick around. I'm going to be up here up front after we dismiss. Just stick around. Wait around. I would love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you. If you're, if you're watching online, if you're listening today, you can send us a direct message. You can contact us through the church office or email. We want to know what God's doing in your life and in your heart. We want to follow up and connect with you to journey with you in your next step of faith. Because God doesn't call us to, to stay where we're at. He calls us to more. He wants to transform us by his love and by his grace. Today may be the day of salvation for someone. Would love to be the one to talk with you about that. So if you're in-house, I encourage you to st stick around. If you're watching online or listening today, I encourage you to reach out and contact us. We want to connect with you and journey with you and what God's shown you. Maybe today you've realized that that God's word is, is, is paramount. And beginning today, you want to take those steps of studying his word, following through with his word. Maybe you need help with that. I would love to journey with you and help you know what best works for you to understand and follow his word. Maybe there's someone that you need to pray for beginning today. You know someone that's been seeking happiness in the things of this world. And today you're going to commit for the next 30 days to pray for them each and every day by name. That the Lord would get a hold of their heart and move in their life, save them from that sin, and bring them in. Call them by name and bring them into the family of God. Lord, we commit this day to you. Whatever you would have done, we ask that you would have your way. We're trusting in you each step. We pray this in your precious, powerful name.